You are listening to the Technical Foul Podcast, the realest sports podcast in the world today. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and all other podcasting services. Follow us on Twitter at the TF Podcast One, on Facebook at the Technical Foul Podcast, and become an official member of our TFP Nation. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Technical File Podcast. I'm your host, Manny Fresh, and I am joined by a special co-host today, my boy, good guy, 12 Kyle, host of the 12 Kyle Podcast, and also co-host of Dead End Sports Podcast, which I was on yesterday. What up, Kyle? What up, what up? What's going on, man? Nothing much, man. Uh, Same deal, different day, man. That's all it is, man. No doubt, no doubt. Good to be here, man. Thanks Thanks for having me on. I definitely appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Been trying to get you on for a while. A uh, fan of the work, and uh, you know, just thought it would be a, a good blend to have on the show, man. No doubt, appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, no. I, I've enjoyed uh, getting started and catching up with the technical file, technical file podcast, man. You guys uh, really got something special on here. I, I think in the and I probably listened to about six or seven episodes of you know since I guess the start of the new year, right? Um, and one of the things that uh, really, really stood out to me is that uh, your sound and the fun and the energy that you brought to the podcast really reminded me of how we got started on Dead End Sports, man. So I, I, that that right there kind of really drew me in, to be honest. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, uh, I think I told you this last night. I mean, I've been I've been following you cats at over at Dead End Hip Hop for a while, and and that's kind of like one of the last things that really inspired me to do the podcast too, because I saw how you guys were doing it, okay. and I saw the energy and the magic, and just like a couple of just homies just just doing what y'all love to do, and that's like really right. what like really got me. I mean, I've been me and my boy uh, Luke, we kind of we had this thing planned out since we were in the army deployed like yo one day we just gonna talk about sports on the radio or something like i'm like you know like, you know how it is like ah yeah, whatever but then you start thinking about it, like yo we could do this you know what i mean so after everything just be you know after everything just starts lining up and in a couple years and slacking and not slacking but eventually we got it lined up and here we are today man technical foul podcast so so yeah man so so yeah, a little backstory. You the dead end, dead end hip hop actually in a in a roundabout way inspired us to do what we do. So um, we thank y'all That's for that. Man. We thank y'all for that for real, definitely. Um, but yeah, man, shout out to my co-host Luke. Uh, you know, gave him the week off. You know, he he just had a baby too. So you know, okay. fatherhood is fatherhood is uh, <laughs> fatherhood is kicking both our butts, man, for real. Hey man, <laughs> it'd be like that, right? <laughs> speaking, speaking as a, a, a four time father, it gets better. Yes. Yes. This time while they're small, because to be honest, man, when when the kids as as your kids get older, you'll look back and wonder where the time went. You'll be like, damn, what you know? I remember when they were three, or I remember when this one was starting to walk. 
you know, it's, it's almost like they go from walking to, you know, middle school. Right. Step fast. So enjoy the time. Man. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I mean, even though I don't have the years to reference back, I mean, just like, but my son is amazing because it's like he's talking now, like, like complete yeah. sentences, paragraphs, like he's got an opinion about everything. And it's like, bruh, like, I remember you when you were like, up in the middle of the night just pooping and <laughs> couldn't sit up and just do you know what I mean it's just like it's bugged out that now like mom I don't want this or mom where when are you coming home or like this and that and the other I'm like bruh come on this is crazy you know what is really gonna get interesting for you Maddie right around the time he turns four or five uh-huh. his favorite his favorite question is gonna be why you're gonna say you need to do such and such why well why daddy why and and really if you think about it, there's no answer to why other uh-huh. than because I said so. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Just, just get prepared for that, man. That, that is a beautiful time, man. But it also you know, shows that your child is inquisitive. So I, I think that helps too as well. Bro, I, I don't know if I have an advanced child. I don't know. But I, I'm at that stage now. Like he asks his why about everything. Like literally everything. Why? And he want, and he has an opinion. Like, like even if you didn't ask for his opinion, he has an opinion about anything and everything. Like, why do we have to eat this? Well, why do I have to do this? I'm like, I'm like, come on, man. Just do it. So yeah, he, my child is crazy, man. My child is crazy. Shout out to my boy, Nick. <laughs> no, no doubt. And then I'm seeing the same thing with my daughter. She's one and it's just like the whole world is her oyster right now. So she's just into everything, exploring everything. It's just wild, man. It's wild. So yeah, I know, I know what you mean, man. I know what you mean. But enough about kids and parenting. We're here to talk about some sports. Uh, but before yes, we sir. do, before we do, man, uh, we got some listeners that are probably listening to you, hearing your voice for the first time. So just quickly, man, just introduce yourself to the audience. Uh, Describe your podcast. Let them know how you got started with pot with the podcast, uh, both the Twelve Cow Podcast and Dead End Sports. Just give them a quick bio about yourself, who you are, what you guys bring to the table. Okay, um, yeah, the my podcast is called the Twelve Cow Podcast. Uh, I've been doing that particular podcast for a little more than two and a half, probably about two and a half years now. Um, the Twelve Cow Podcast was really birthed from. Uh, a radio show that I used to do online called the 12 radio show. Um, and, uh, the radio show is just really something I did that for five years on blog talk radio. Mm-hmm. I would have a live call in radio show online and it was pretty dope, man. I really just really got, you know, my chops going and just, I don't know, man, it, it, I, I enjoyed the, the interaction that I had with people. And basically what the radio show was about it was just different topics each week. Like one week you might be talking about sports. The next week you might be talking about dating and relationships. The next week you might be talking about hip hop. It's just whatever I felt like talking about with my audience. So it was pretty cool. And then it got to a point where I was like, you know what, man, I was having more people listening on the back end as far as like the, the podcast part of it. Right. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to take it from a live show to just a, just a regular podcast. And cool. I did that about two and a half years ago. And, you know, kind of the same thing sticks with the 12 Kyle podcast. You know, it's it's really just what I feel like talking about whenever I feel like cracking open the mic. Um, primarily, I'm going to talk about, you know, uh, I, I love to talk music. I love to talk hip hop, um, old school hip hop, more p- particular, uh, more classic. Uh, you know, I'm not probably not. I'm not going to be talking about Migo <laughs> <laughs> or Lil Uzi Vertical. <laughs> bro, bro, you in the right place, man. You in the right place. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm more, you know, so I talk about a little bit of everything, um, dating and relationships, uh, you know, 
don't really, I, you know, to be honest, I don't really get into too much stuff as far as current stuff like pop culture. Uh, I just like to keep it, you know, stuff that make people think and, and, and just kind of, you know, that you can vibe to. So it's it's a podcast. It, first and foremost, it's a dope podcast. If I do say this with myself, it is. But, man. Uh, it is definitely. Know, it, it's something that you can just kick back and, and just relate to people who, you know, just real on some cool out shit just can really relate to it. So that's how that podcast is. Uh, as far as dead end sports, I host dead. I've been hosting dead end sports. Jesus, uh, it's about five years now, I think. Um, wow. I actually I got in contact with uh, Ken and B on dead ends with with dead end hip hop. And uh, what happened was Ken's wife, she actually introduced me to them. And I had them on my radio show a couple of times, the whole dead end uh, hip hop crew. Oh, wow. Uh, Ron okay. included. Um, wow. Okay. And I had them on a couple of times. And then, uh, you know, Ken called me one day. He was like, yo, let's, uh, you know, we should we should get together and try to do a sports show. He was like, we're thinking about doing a sports show. We want you to host. And I was like, Psh, I bet. And so, you know, we just kind of took it from there. And then we started doing videos. And, uh, you know, like I said, we've been doing that, man, probably about better part of five, almost six years now. So um, then in sports, we, we do we, it's a weekly sports podcast. Uh, you can find a podcast anywhere you can get podcasts for free. Uh, same with my <laughs> podcast, the right. 12 Kyle podcast. So, um, you know, it, it's been a lot of fun, man, just talking sports. And, you know, it's what we try to do with Dead End Sports is just like anything else, kind of like the the idea, if you're familiar with Dead End Hip Hop, yeah. is to bring a discussion, bring, bring the people who listen to the discussion into the room. These conversations that we have on Dead End Sports are, you know, same type of conversations you have in a barbershop, if you just stand on the corner kicking it or, you know, like how we say down south, you're in the shade tree, you know, just shooting <laughs> the shit. That's that's what, you know, it is. Right. And what we do is we bring the listener in and make them feel exactly like they're in the room. And, you know, and that's one of the things that I think appeals about this podcast as well. You know, the technical file, technical file podcast is that, you know, you do the same. The people who are listening can actually relate. So. I think Absolutely. That's what makes it authentic, and you know, guys just being themselves and not trying to be—you know—nobody's trying to be Stephen A. Smith or anything like that. <laughs> or, you know, whomever. So yeah. But yeah, in a nutshell, that's what it is. Yeah, and shout out to all the boys at uh, Dead End Hip Hop, Dead End Sports, man. Um, if you guys are not familiar with Dead End Hip Hop, you're doing yourself a disservice, man. That that those guys do amazing, amazing, amazing work. So. Um, follow them, look them up on YouTube, go to their website, do anything that you can to uh, assimilate yourself with Dead End Hip Hop, man. That That is one of the premier hip hop shows, any anything you want to call it, in, in online right now. So it, shout out to those guys, man. They do amazing work. And Dead End Sports, too. Shout out to them, too. They they, they, they do some good work, too. So, uh, yeah, man. So, uh, ah, man, let's get into the Super Bowl, man. Now that you've introduced yourself to the audience and everybody knows a little bit about you and what you bring to the table, uh, let's get into the Super Bowl, man. Um, I know we discussed it. I know we discussed it yesterday. Um, I, it's weird, man. Like, I, I don't know. I, I'm a Jets fan, obviously. Like I, like I, like I told you <laughs> offline. <laughs> I cue the laugh. Yeah, cue the laughs. Right. Um, so I'm a Jets fan. So obviously, I'm I'm conditioned to hate anything and everything New England Patriots. So. Um, after this point, I'm just like, I'm, you know, me and Luke was having this discussion last week. Like, I'm just numb to it. Like, it doesn't even like affect me anymore. Like, oh, New England's in the Super Bowl. Like, oh, okay, whatever. Like, it's just like, I'm so numb to it now. Like, it's like, whatever. But I kind of had a hard time really getting excited about this Super Bowl. It was just like, 
Like I'm like it was really it took me really until yesterday, really when we did the show to like okay, like okay, feel like all right, the Super Bowl is coming. Like you know, you know this, that, and that, you know. I mean, like get into that mode because, quite honestly, like even last week I was just kind of like whatever. <laughs> it was just like whatever. I'm really not like into it one way or another, and it's. And, and, and to a certain extent, it's somewhat, somewhat always like that, if, especially if you don't have a team in the, in, in the fight. Right, but, right. but, but especially when you're just tired of the combatant, man. Like when, when it's New England, it's just like, oh, come on, man. It's like enough is enough. You know what I mean? Like at this point, I'd rather see anybody in the Super Bowl than New England, but, right, right. but, uh, you know, how was your feeling? How, you know, what's, what's been your kind of, anticipation or lack thereof if there if there has been for this Super Bowl. Have you been excited about this matchup? Have you been looking forward to it? Or you've been just kind of like me, kind of like blah about it? You know what, man? I, I'm looking forward to it because I'm a football fan. Um, right. I played football in high school, actually from Little League all the way through college at uh, South Carolina State. Um, so I, I, I'm just a fan. I'm a fan of the game. So, I, you know, if football is on, I'm going to watch, basically. So, I mean, other than, you know, <laughs> other than the game between, like, the Browns. Right, and, right. You know, the Chiefs. Right, know, right, right. I, I'm probably going to watch a football game if it's on TV. Um, I think there's a, at least personally, I think there's a level of, of intrigue uh, because, you know, I want to see what Philadelphia can do. Uh, I'm not a fan of, I have, I have the utmost respect for the Patriots. I have the utmost respect for, um, you know, what Bill Belichick and Tom Brady have accomplished. I don't like them, you know, uh, but I respect what they've done. I respect, you know, their, their hustle and how they've gotten to it. I think, you know, people, you know, they, they, if we're honest with ourselves, you know, their reign, if you will, is somewhat tainted, you know, with the, 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 the scandals that have surrounded them. And, you know, to be honest, you and I both know just from watching them that they're talented enough not to have those scandals, you know, happen. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, but I'm, but I am, I am looking forward to it. I am intrigued because I'm interested in seeing how Philadelphia is going to play. I'm intrigued because, uh, I'm also intrigued because, you know, the game taking place in Minneapolis. Uh, I actually lived and worked in Minneapolis back in 2010. Oh, okay. Um, it's a beautiful city. Beautiful city, uh, only in the spring, the summertime. <laughs> it's a beautiful city, uh, you know. But if, if I put it like this, if I had a ticket, I would be in Minneapolis right now. It's just it, it, I, there are places that you could go, and hang out, kick it on some cool out shit, and you don't spend a whole bunch of money. Um, and the people are extremely friendly there, you know, for a major. And, and maybe that's how people are in the Midwest. I don't know, but very, very friendly of all races. Um, you know, so I so th- there's a level of intrigue there. You know, just and I still have friends that live there, so you know they've been hitting me up talking about you know some of the parties and stuff like that, and places to go. And then I've had friends who are going this weekend. Um, one of my buddies, he actually has tickets to the game. He's going, so I was telling him like some places he should go. Okay. Um, you know, th- there's nothing you can do to prepare yourself for that particular cold because yeah, that that's a whole other level, you're man. From New York, you know. It, it, <laughs> This is a different kind of cold. <laughs> it's a different kind of cold. I'll put it like this. There'd be no way in hell that the Super Bowl would be played if it was being played outside in Minneapolis. Nah. But again, the Twin Cities, beautiful place. So I, so those things kind of intrigue me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what the Eagles can do. Uh, I will agree with you, though. I'm, I'm a little good on the Patriots. I'm, because I think 
you know, it's, it's not really because I think in, in the core, I think I know what's going to happen. Um, but, you know, that's, you know, that's still a part of why we tune in and why we love football, you know, because you, you, you never know. You know, there's always that chance of, you know, the upset of the underdog. Prevent, right, right. Or there's a chance of, you know, having a 28 point, 28, <laughs> 23 lead and blowing it, you know, um, which I don't want talk about <laughs> but, um, <laughs> oh don't tell me you're a falcons fan oh i've been dog don't tell me you're a falcons fan i've been dogging y'all all I, whole man, year i actually am a falcons fan um, oh god I'm, I'm a falcons and a giants fan uh oh kyle 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 we're gonna have to cut the show short man come on well, a giants well, fan a giants fan but no i'm a giants fan because i grew up a giants fan my uncle actually played for the giants so, oh wow! Okay, my uncle played 13 years for the Giants. Uh, Harry Carson. What? Uh, whoa, 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 yeah, whoa, whoa! Really? That's my uncle. Yes. Wow. Okay, um, that's what's up. So, 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 so I I bleed blue, but when I moved to Atlanta in '97, I said, you know, what? I'm going to try to support the home teams. So I became, you know, I got got behind the Falcons, got behind the Hawks. Unfortunately, <laughs> 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 don't laugh. <laughs> uh, Oh, hey, hey, this is a technical foul podcast, man. We, we, we keep it real here, man. Fuck the Braves. Yeah. I'm a Yankees fan. Fuck the Braves. Oh, Kyle, Kyle, come on, man. You, we, yeah, 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 come on. in this podcast right now. Oh, my God. Oh, continue, continue. So, okay, so that's how I became a Falcons fan. So, you know, I did suffer through that, you know, terrible Super Bowl last year. Um, but you know that's that's just what the Falcons do, man. I mean, like you you can't try. I mean, like you you know we're not talking about the Falcons. Just, <laughs> for anybody listening, don't believe the Falcons until you see Arthur Blank standing in the end zone with the trophy in his hand. Until then, because like even last year during that Super Bowl, man, it was just too good to be true. I'm like, man, something's not right. Like I was happy. But I was like, and I kept telling, you know, I kept, I was watching the game myself. So I was like, it, it's not over. We got to keep scoring. It was like, yeah, we, we're about 20 points. I'm like, we got to keep scoring. This game is not over. And lo and behold. Yeah. You know, but, you know, I, I, the Falcons changed. You know what? It's, cra- it's, cr- it's crazy because, you know, me and my wife do a date night every Thursday night or whatever. And, okay, you know, and, and, you know, so, you know, last Thursday night, we just kept it low key, went to Applebee's or whatever. And, you know, they're playing, you know, they, you know, we had, we just talking, eating or whatever. And they, and they playing, they re, I guess they had on NFL network or whatever. And they're re, you know, they're replaying the, the Super Bowl from last year. And, you know, you could just see it in the background. It's like 28 to three. I think they had just scored to make it 28 to 23. And it's like, it's late in the third quarter. And it's like, you ever just watch a game over and like for a minute, even just for like a close second, you like encapsulate yourself in the moment of where you were when you first watched that game. And like, you, man. You know what, man? I've gotten, I, I, and I, it wasn't until like recently I just kind of realized this. Like, I haven't seen that game again. I haven't seen. I mean, if you're a Falcons fan, why would you? Oh no! Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I, I just, when the game ended, I remember turning the TV off. I didn't watch Sports Center. I didn't listen to, you know, the lo- local sports talk. I didn't. Of course, I've seen memes and stuff, and the memes are funny, but you know, just. <laughs> Just for those of you listening, trust me when I tell you this. If, if anybody out there is listening that know a Falcons fan, there's no meme that you can give 
that is going to make us feel bad because we know how it feels. You know, us Falcons <laughs> fans, we, we kind of go back and forth with each other. So we know how it is. So this, and trust me, I've seen some great ones, but you know, there's, there's nothing anybody can say. We know, we know what we're dealing with. I mean, I was here through, I was here from the Mike Vick era, you know, and saw how the team, you know, kind of took off from that until the, you know, to the day they threw his ass in jail. So, you know, we've seen highs and lows in this city. So, I think at some point in time in my lifetime, you know, they'll win a they'll win a title and it'll all be worth it. You know, but uh, you know, last year was just it just it happens. It's it's unfortunate. And you know what? <laughs> I kind of feel like the Falcons let the culture down because it seemed like the whole world. Was <laughs> they did, bro. Like, bro, I wish I wish I had known you last year because, like, if you had like watched my Snapchats or like gone on my IG, like, bro, I was like. I was so mad at the city of Atlanta. Like, I, I, I almost, I wanted to delete every single outcast, uh, track I had on my phone. Really tell you like, how bad it was. I mean, like, it was, man, it, it's hard to explain. Like, I, I, it was just like, I mean, like, it literally, when you, when you, that next day in the city, oh my God, man, it was like somebody died. It almost, the only thing I could compare was the day of the Trump one. It was like, man, it was like, bro, what the fuck are we going to do? Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. No, I feel you, dog. But, uh, I, I feel yeah, you. But it was, uh, you know, and, and I think, you know, shout out to the Falcons for even, you know, pulling themselves off the canvas and, and getting as far as, and actually they could have gotten, you know, they could have, you know, at least made it to the NFC Championship game. But I think that, you know, they, they had an up and down season, but it's still a good season nonetheless. Um, but they weren't, you know, I don't, they were too up and down offensively, I think, to, to make it this far. But, um, but yeah, no, I, you know, what's funny, man. I, I wasn't, I, I wasn't even on social media during the Super Bowl. So I, I missed all the snaps. I missed all the tweets and stuff. And, and funny, man, nobody tweeted me. <laughs> nobody tweeted me after the game. Uh, there's a couple of Patriots fans that follow me. Yo, they didn't say nothing. Nobody said nothing i mean like you would think like people would really kind of get at you kind of rib you a little bit right you know bro this is this is how serious it was you know about the rivalry between the saints and the falcons right right not even the saints fans who hate the falcons nobody none of the saints fans said anything to me either so they were just like damn that's fucked up it's like damn that's fucked up and saints fans won't admit it they they weren't rooting for us but they weren't you know, but they didn't want to see the Patriots win. And, you know, and again, so I bring it back to growing up as a Giants fan. So I'm still a Giants fan. And, you know, if the Giants and the Falcons play, I root for the Giants, obviously, because that's where my heart is. Okay. But, um, but the, you know, the Giants fan in me doesn't, I can't root for the Eagles, but I want to see the Eagles win, you know, and I just, I, I hope that we get a good game because, you know, there's nothing worse than having a Super Bowl and a blowout. I mean, yeah. and then again, the Patriots haven't blown anybody out in the Super Bowl. So, right. you know, I, I think I think we're in for a good game. I'm hoping that it's a good game. Um, I like, you know, the, the confidence that the Eagles have coming in. Uh, but they're, it's going to take 60 minutes because we know that New England's not going to quit. And, you know, people don't want to talk about it. But, you know, there's going to be uh, – <laughs> A mm-hmm. disparaging, you know, there's going to be a disparity between uh, the flags for the team. Um, oh yeah, so oh you already know that. Yeah, not going to get flagged. They, they just don't, you know. So they, they're like the Celtics from the '80s who never fouled anybody. So, <laughs> um, I know you weren't around in the '80s, but yeah, Boston Celtics. You 
you could go in, you could, you could go through the lane in the in the Boston Garden and get clotheslined, and the rest would like call you for travel. Teach him, <laughs> teach him, man, teach him. <laughs> Impart that knowledge, man. It was, it was that man, man. I mean, like, and, and you know, it was funny, man. I think about it. Uh, the Patriots are like like how those eighty Celtics were. You just you could be up by the, by like twenty five on the Celtics, and you just knew you were going to lose. I don't care who you were. You could be Dr. J and those guys, and you still were going to lose. So, um, but anyway, long story short, man, I, I think it's I'm I'm looking forward to the game because I'm a fan. Um, I'm looking forward to the game because I'm interested in seeing what the Eagles can do. Right. Uh, I I think I know what the outcome is going to be, but I'm hoping for something different. Okay. Okay. Um, before we get to our scores and predictions, obviously, um, give me an X factor in the game. One for both teams, like New England will win if this happens. E- the Eagles will win if this happens. Give me an X factor that you think from just obviously your knowledge of the game as a whole and just watching these two teams throughout the year. Um, give me the X factor for you know one X factor or two, whatever. Okay. That both teams, you know, New England will win if this happens, or the Eagles will win if that happens. New England is going to win if they win time of possession. Uh, they are, and I mentioned this on, you know, the podcast yesterday, uh, they are a team, you know, Bill Belichick believes in controlling the clock. Um, you know, and if you, not to go back to that awful game last year, but <laughs> I think the Falcons defense was on the field for like 92 plays. Yeah. I don't care. You could be the 85 bears. You can't be on the field that long because you're going to get tired. You know, you're not supposed to play that many plays on defense. So, you know, New England wants to win the time of possession. I think if they win the time of possession, they'll win the game because I think what they do is they just, they wear on you. And, you know, it's when you watch New England, you see how, you know, they don't, <laughs> it's funny because they don't blow you, they don't blow you away with like big plays and tricks and stuff like, you know, it's, 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 a it's the short passing game. game. It's the short it's, passing game to just the death. Yeah, it's, it's the short passing game. Yep. You know, he's getting, Brady's getting the ball out of his hands quick, um, you know, especially, and we don't know, I'm assuming that Gronk will play. Um, you know, Gronk's running, you know, 10-yard curls, and he's hooking up, and, and Brady's hitting him in the numbers, and, and they're just turning the sticks, and they make it so frustrating because you can't get off the field. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the key for them, uh, uh, time of possession, and uh, I think also – if New England can force turnovers, if they can force uh, a turnover or two um, from Philadelphia, I think then that bodes well for them. Uh, conversely, for Philadelphia to win, uh, they're going to have to to have like sixty five percent or better uh, percentage on third down conversions. I completely agree. Got to turn yep. the sticks. Yep. You know, if you don't turn the sticks against New England, because sometimes your best offense is your best is sometimes your best defense is great best offense. offense. Yep. Uh, keeping Brady off the field, and then when you get in the red zone, you gotta get you gotta get seven. You can't settle for field goals because you know at some point in time New England's gonna score. Um, and the thing about Bill Belichick's teams is that you know they they don't beat themselves, so the Eagles are gonna have to beat them. You know that it, it won't be. I mean, we saw Brady last year in the Super Bowl. You know, throw a pick six and you know all kind of stuff like that, but. You know, the turnover battle, they, they're not going to beat themselves. They're not going to commit a whole bunch of penalties. They're not going to turn the ball over. Um, you know, and, and even getting back to my uncle, I, I talked to my uncle a couple of weeks ago, and I asked because Bill Belichick was his 
defensive coordinator when they won the Super Bowl in, uh, right. in 1986. And um, it's funny because to talk to him, like he, of course, he loves Belichick. Belichick loves him. And he actually told me that Belichick has a sense of humor, which I find hard to believe. <laughs> so, so he was telling me about these jokes that Bill Belichick was telling him. And I'm like, I'm sitting there listening to my uncle like, I just, I, I still can't. All I see is, you know, I don't know. But anyway, um, but he said one of the things that Belichick always did was he said they were always prepared. He yeah. said they never saw anything from an opposing offense that they had not seen before. So he always had his guys in position to make plays. And he gave me some instances of the Super Bowl that they won, Super Bowl twenty one against um, uh, Denver. Uh, he was telling me about you know a set. There was a there was a play that happened in the first quarter, or whatever, and it was where the running back goes out for a little flare, or whatever. Like it was a play that they'd run, like I think early in a preseason game or something like that. Belichick mm-hmm. had told them, "Hey, film study." Watch this. They'll run this on such and such down. And sure enough, they made a call and the call stopped it. And they ended up stopping the running back. And instead of Denver going for a touchdown, they had to kick a field goal. But he used that as an example, saying like Belichick will have his guys prepared. So that's the thing that I think Doug Peterson, you know, isn't really where he's outmatched, if you will, is that on both sides of the ball, Belichick will have his guy. There's nothing that. Philadelphia's going to throw at them defensively or offensively for that matter that they have not seen. So he's going to make sure that his guys are prepared. And I think, you know, and that like him or hate him, that's what Bill Belichick is. He, he is, he is known for that, his preparation. And I think he's a football you know, genius. He's a football genius. Yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't argue it. I mean, his, his, he, his attention to detail is impeccable. Yeah, I think yeah, people I think people have uh, you know, revisionist history about Cleveland. I think I think had they given him some time, um it, it, I think he eventually would have figured it out. I think it's easy to look back, you know, I think he was only there what, 1 year or 2 years. Um Yeah, something like that. And you know, they fired him, you know, but that team had a lot more turmoil. I mean, Art Modell was looking to move the team. So, that team that the, the that team that that tenure in Cleveland, I don't think you can put it all entirely on Belichick. Um He's just a genius, man. I mean, the guy I can't stand him, especially what he did to the Jets. But I, <laughs> I, I, will, I will, I will, I will, I will never, ever, ever root for that man. But um, I mean, it, it's you, you can't, you can't, you can't question Picasso, man. You, you can't question him. I mean, the guy is the guy. In my opinion, I mean, I know it's going to take Nick Foles, you know, really playing out of his mind. Nick Foles is going to have to play as well as he did two weeks ago. He can't be mediocre. He's going to have to. Because they're going to put him in situations where Nick Foles is going to have to, you know, throw the ball to be successful. And, you know, they're going to crowd the line of scrimmage. And Belichick's basically going to say, okay, Nick Foles, you beat us. If we're going to go down, you're going to have to throw for 350 yards, three touchdowns. Absolutely. Because you're not going to get it on the ground. It's not going to be a jive. It's not going to be blunt. It's not going to be. That's what they do. That's what they do. Yep. Yeah. And, and, And so. You know, that's what it's going to be. And, and you know, can you do that? Can you, you know, chip away and chip away at them and, you know, stay and remain successful? So um, I think those are going to be some keys. Like I said, Philadelphia on third downs, uh, turning the sticks, Nick Foles playing out of his mind. Uh, and then, you know, for New England to win time of possession and, you know, just play mistake-free football, which they, you know, typically do. 
Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I agree. I, 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 I would add to that that I think one of the keys for the Eagles, I think Nick Foles is going to have to have a really good game. Uh, maybe not, maybe not to the level of, of the way he played against the Vikings, obviously. I mean, I, I don't think, I don't, I don't think anybody can match that, that performance, but, um, I think he's going to have to play well. I think I've, I've said this for years and I've watched New England. I've watched every big game they've ever played. Um, to beat New England, you need the quarterback play. Even more so, I think, yeah. even more so than I think even the defense. I mean, of course, the defense is important and unique, but I think you need a quarterback to match Brady. Like, I don't think you can beat New England without the quarterback play. I think you need to make plays on offense because as great as your defense is, you know New England is going to score at the very least 21 points. So you have to match them. You have to match them. You have to match them. Throw for throw. You know, and that's the, that's the part where I'm, if, if Nick Foles can play within, a, uh, forget, forget against Minnesota. If he can play the way he played against Atlanta, where he was making smart throws, you know, short, short passes, nothing, nothing too crazy, but he was making smart, calculated throws. He wasn't overextending himself. You weren't asking him to do too much, but he, but the times that you asked him to make plays, he made plays. I think I think I think Philly's got a good chance because I think their defense is ferocious. Their defense is legit. Um, and I was and I was and I kind of wasn't sold on the Eagles all year. I kind of was like, okay, you know, let's 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 wait and see. Even with I mean, I love Wentz, but I was still waiting to see if 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 if, if the Eagles were you know a true championship contender. And the more I'm, and the more and more I started watching them, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing, but I'm still a little bit like, okay. But I, but this team showed me a lot with the resolve that they showed, especially after Carson got hurt, because yeah. this team could have easily packed it in. They said, you know what? We lost our guy. You know, let's just, you know, you know, let's just go out there and play. But, you know, if we lose, oh, well, you know, we'll come back next year with Carson and, and be ready to go. They could have easily did that. They could have easily did that. And nobody would have really knocked them. You know, they nobody would have really locked them. They 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 lost their quarterback and MVP candidate in December. No one would have ever knocked them for that. And they went out there and they played well. Now, of course, sorry, Atlanta helped a lot in that in that game. But but I mean, you still gotta win the game. You still have to win the game. And you know, give Philly credit. They made the plays when they needed to. They made the stops when they needed to. And then against Minnesota, I mean, that was just I mean, Minnesota just didn't show up. So um you know, give the Eagles credit. So I'm with you though on the keys though. I mean, New England, we know what, we know how New England wins games. If New, if Brady comes out and he plays like Brady, they're going to win. If, if, especially with those short, with that short passing game, that they could keep that deep, that Eagles defense on the sideline. Um, it's, it's, or the Eagles defense on the field, I should say. It, it's going to be crazy. It, it's, it's, it's not, I don't think it's going to be a close game if New England plays up to their level. Cause I just think, I, I think the quarterback disparity is so much that I think, you almost have to either have Brady play down to Nick Foles or Nick Foles play up to Brady. Up to and, Brady, right. Exactly. And I, and which one of those happens is going to be the key, in my opinion. I think this game is going to come down to the quarterback. So I think the D, cause I, even though I don't, even though I don't believe in New England's defense, I'm not a big believer in New England's defense. They have a good defense, but their defense is not, mm-hmm. great. not great. I think you yeah, can score on their defense, you know, and I believe in the Eagles defense. So I think the defenses will pretty much cancel each other out. I think it's just going to come down to the quarterbacks. I think it's I think it's going to come down to the Eagles and what you know plays they can make on third down. I think that's very very important. That's another aspect of beating New England. You have to make plays on third on both sides of the ball too. On defense, you got to get them on third and longs, third and eights. Um, you, you just have to make. 
you have to win the battle on third down on both sides of the ball. And um, the team that does that is going to win. So, all right. You know, I guess that we danced around it <laughs> enough. Um, but what's your uh, official prediction? You know, what's your what's your score? What's your prediction? Give me an MVP of the game. All of that, man. What's, what's up? What's what's your what's your what's your thoughts on the game? What's your prediction? I think uh, you know it, it, first and foremost, not New England, Philadelphia cannot. They can't. They can't turn the ball over. Um, they can't turn the ball over, and you can't get behind by more than a touchdown. Uh, I, I said in previous weeks on the Dead End Sports podcast that when you get down in a regular season game, if you're down ten or you're down fourteen, you know it's like okay, we're down ten, we're down fourteen. E- even in the fourth quarter. You're not pressing buttons, you know. You're not panicking right. because one, you know that you know that you have time, and then you know it, players won't admit it, but they also know that unless it's like a must-win game or something like that. I mean, you've got 16 games, so if you lose one, you know it's no big deal. Uh, not like that. Uh, right. The players will never admit it, but you know it's not life or death. Uh, but in the playoffs, everything is magnified. So when you're down seven. You know, it really feels like you're down 20. You know what I'm saying? And if you get down 10, it's like you're down 30 because, you know, the clock becomes your enemy. And I think even, and not to go go back to last year's game, but I think (laughs) New England never pushed that button, but Atlanta panicked because New England started to make plays and started to make a run at them. And Atlanta was just like, okay, well, we can stall this out. We can hold on. Instead of saying, you know what, let's put our foot on these motherfuckers' throats. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and I think if they had had that mentality from their coaching staff, it would have trickled down to their players, and, you know, they would have come home with the title. Uh, so you, you can't be clock-watching. You know, that that's not going to help you. You know, at some point in time, Philadelphia has to understand, you're going to be behind in this game. You're At, at some point in time, you're going it doesn't matter if New England goes down and scores 7-0. You're going to be down at some point in this game. How is is how you respond to being down? Because you know, being down seven nothing or down fourteen seven and a half or whatever the case may be, it's not the end of the world. But you can't panic. You have time. You have to just work. You know, focus on the next play and execute for, and then you know, take it play by play. Um, that being said, I think New England is going to find a way. I just. I, I'm, I'll, I, and I said on the podcast, I'll be rooting, if you will, for Philadelphia, but I think New England's going to win. I think, I, I see it's going to be a close win. Um, New England probably pulls it out at the end, 27, 24. Um, Brady and Belichick right off into the sunset again. Um, I, again, I hope I'm wrong. And I think that's one of the reasons why we tune in because right. you know, we make these prognostications, but at the end of the day, we hope and <laughs> pray that the Eagles, <laughs> Eagles can do something. So yeah, that's what I got, man. 27-24. 27-24 Patriots. I mean, hey, I mean, if 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 this was a show consisting on betting on the lines, I mean, I think the line. I haven't even checked the lines for this game. I think it's a six point. I think it's a. I think it's a line of six, a six and a half. I, I'm not sure. I haven't checked the line, but I mean, if this was a betting show, we would also you bet bet New England. I mean, the smart money is always going to be on New England. Um, mm-hmm. but obviously we have the distinction of not having to do that. We're smart men, so. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, so, so, so there's no knock on that. Um, as far as for me, man, uh, it's not even so much that I don't want to pick New England. I, I just, 
I don't know. I just have a funny feeling about the Eagles, man. I'm a big believer in sports about momentum. And I, and I just feel like there's moments in sports where teams just, they just get on a magic carpet ride and they just start going. And I've seen it. We've seen it so many years in sports. I mean, in, in all sports, you've seen it. You know, um, I mean, very recently you saw it, I think, you know, almost now three years ago with the Kansas City Royals in baseball. You just saw a young team that just got on a roll and they just, they just went. They just went. A, a great run. So you see this in all sports. I mean, in football, you've seen it many a times. You saw it a couple years ago with that Ravens team that wasn't exactly the greatest Ravens team of that, of that core group, but they just got on a run. They won some games they probably shouldn't have, and they just got on a run all the way to the Super Bowl. I mean, we've seen obviously the Giants, uh, two times in, in what, six years, you know, five years or whatever. So, um, so, so we've seen it. Many a times in football, and I just think the Eagles just have that that look about them—a team that just a team of destiny, a team that just comes out of nowhere. Um, although it's not that fair. I mean, they did win 13 games, so it's not really a team that comes out of nowhere. But you know what I mean—that a team that yeah, kind of defies the odds and and just gets on a magic carpet ride, man. And I, I think the Eagles, I think the Eagles aren't there, man. And, I, and plus, I think the story of Nick Foles and you know, dude that was about to retire, dude that you know, I'll be honest, I had no confidence in. I was like. Did, did we not watch him in St. Louis? I mean, the dude looked shot. He would look done. And for him to, and for him to, for him to have this performance in the playoffs, I mean, it's, it's, it, I think it would be a pretty cool story for them to win a Super Bowl. And plus, I just think sometimes franchises are due. You know what I mean? The Eagles are due to win a championship. Um, it's been a long time. And then plus the bias. I, I just, uh, I can't, can't stand. I can't, I can't stomach watching New England win another Super Bowl. So, um, I'm going to go with, uh, Philly. Uh, 21, 13. I know I'm going against what, um, my, my keys to the game. Cause obviously I, I said New England's going to score 21, but I just got a funny feeling that the Philadelphia defense is going to come to play. And it's just going to be about whether the Eagles offense can match New England. And I think, I think this is going to be a, a close game. I think it's going to be a low scoring game. I think it's going to be a game that comes down to the fourth quarter and who can make plays. And I think the Eagles will make enough plays. And I think it's going to be a 21, 13 game. I really do. Now, of course, watch it be 45-7 or something like that. So don't don't take this as gospel, everybody. Right, right, right. Right. But 21-13, that's my pick. And as far as Super Bowl MVP, uh, obviously I'm picking the Eagles to win. So I am going to go with Super Bowl MVP. I'm going to go with Fletcher Cox. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I think I think if New England wins, I, I mean, unless something drastic happens, it's going to be Brady winning MVP. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard, hard to it's hard to hard to pick against that guy. Hard to pick against that guy. No doubt. Yeah. Well, let well let's switch lanes a little bit to something not so fun to talk about. Um, over the weekend, Friday uh, news broke. Um, Outside the lines had a, a fantastic. I mean, it's, you can hate on ESPN for a lot of things, but the one thing you cannot hate on ESPN is outside the lines. That's that's still to me probably the best uh, program that they air on a week to week basis. Man, I just love outside the lines. Um, but outside the lines had another gem. Uh, broke a story on the really on the backs of the whole Larry Nasser or Larry Nasser case and and that whole situation, and basically just kind of exposing a really a ten year. Um, just lack of, you know, action, cover up, whatever you want to call it into Michigan State athletics. I mean, 
from sexual misconduct to criminal activities, mostly ranging on sexual misconduct, harassment, assault, that sort of thing. And basically the inaction and the cover up of it for about 10 years, uh, both the football and basketball programs. I'm sure you guys, have, if you guys have been focusing on sports for the last couple of days, it's, it's been one of the biggest stories. Um, what is your, I mean, you play college, you know, you play college sports, obviously, maybe not at the level, obviously, of Michigan State or D1, but right. you've, you've been in the trenches, you've been in those locker rooms, you've been in those athletic programs, meetings, or whatever, you've been a student athlete, quote unquote, you know, um, you know, what is your thoughts on everything? I mean, you, you, me and you have talked offline. You've, you've seen the reports. You've watched, you've watched outside the lines. You've read some things. I yes. mean, what is, what is, what has, what is your stance on all of this, man? I mean, this, this is crazy. Yeah, this, this is tough, man. It is, it's not easy to talk about, first and foremost. Um, I think you made a good point. People really should, First and foremost, take a li- take a listen and look and see what it is that's being discussed uh, from all sides. Um, but uh, it, it's it's crazy, man, because when you look at what is alleged to have happened and what you know actually has been proven to have happened um, at Michigan State, you know the the first question that comes to mind is how how, how does how does this happen and why did it happen and then you know what was done or what wasn't done about it. Um, you know, the people, particularly in this country, tend to gloss over the fact that, you know, sexual assault, um, rape, uh, battery against women doesn't happen and it doesn't happen on college campuses, campuses, which is bullshit. Right. Um, it happens every day, almost on every campus, you know, across this country. So I think, you know, to just kind of gloss over it when it deals with an athlete, you know, you're not one, you're not taking care of the woman. And then two, you're not taking care of your university. And then three, you're not taking care of the athlete because, you know, you can't allow people to get away with stuff like that. Um, you know, now the whole thing with the, with, with the, the, the disgraced doctor, um, the Olympic doctor, Nasser, um, Nasser, uh, you know, he he's another story for a whole another day. Yeah, he's a whole yeah, another you know, ball so of wax. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we can do a whole podcast just on him. But when you look at some of these things that were alleged, I mean, like for instance, the assistant basketball coach, uh, I think his name is Walton. Um, you know, who was an assistant on Tom Izzo's? He actually played for Tom. Play, yeah, played on the last on the so last Final Four team. Yeah. 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 So you know, and for him to have punched a woman allegedly in the face uh, and then still been able to remain on staff. Uh, and then, you know, the uh, the allegation of rape uh, from a player. And I can't remember one of the plays, but one of the other plays was Adrian Payne. And I remember Adrian Payne because actually my Hawks drafted him. I don't know why we drafted him, but we drafted <laughs> him. Um, I mean, he, he, he stuck around for like a year. Um, but nonetheless, you know, his – they, you know, sexually assaulted, raped this girl. And, you know, his response to the police was, you know, we probably handled that. I could see how he said, and I'm paraphrasing here, we probably handled that the wrong way. I could see how she would feel like she wasn't able to leave. And I'm like, wait, when I read that, I'm like, dude, y'all just ran a train on this girl and you just, yep, you now 
I mean, well, not now, because he said this in his response to the police or whomever was where where it was being investigated. But I'm like, that's not something we say. Well, oh, you know what? Yeah, we we probably shouldn't have done that. I mean, like, you know, and, and, and trust me, I get it. I, I, I'm not trying to be, you know, the moral majority. I, yeah, I was 18 and I played football. You know, yeah, like you said, man, it is at a much smaller level because this was Division One AA at a historically black college. But yeah, I, did I see that kind of stuff happen? Of course I did. Um, and I'm not saying that we should absolve these kids because they're not kids, but you, you're not seven. You know what the hell you're doing. And, you know, there's, we, we have, especially in this day and time with, with all this, what's going on with sexual harassment and me too, and all of this other stuff, stuff that's going on in Hollywood, you know, all across the country, you know, corporations, people losing jobs and all of this stuff like that because of stuff that they've done behind closed doors. Um, you know, you it's, it's beyond time out for that. And I think whoever knew about it and they let it slide, they got to go. And I mentioned on the podcast, you know, you go on any college campus, you know, the full, sometimes on most college campuses, the four most powerful people on the campus, the president, the athletic director, football coach, yep. basketball coach, not necessarily in, the, in that order. But if you look at Michigan State, the president and the athletic director both resigned. So, you know, the basketball coach, uh, Tom Izzo, and the football coach, Mark D'Antonio, you know, their jobs aren't safe. And somebody had better do some talking as to why this happened. Uh, you know, I've seen, you know, a couple of interviews that Izzo has given. And, you know, he's been very vague. And I understand, you know, he wants to make sure that he doesn't say the wrong thing. But, you know, when Outside the Line came with this piece, and, and they, like you said, Manny, it was very thorough. They did their due diligence. They had, you know, it was, this, ain't, this ain't up for interpretation. These things actually happened. Absolutely. Um, yep. Case after case after case. And I'm like, okay, well, where's this stuff getting reported to? And then what's the fallout from it? You know, if you have a guy punch a girl in the face, you know, you can't just make him run stadium steps. You know what I'm saying? As mm -hmm. punishment. And why is why did he not go to jail for that? Why you know why? And I understand, I get it. I understand. No, athletes can get away with some things, but you should not be able to get away get away with criminal activity like that. I mean, like that's just that's crazy to me. And you know, you know, Manny, you and I both have daughters, so yeah. And no, our daughters aren't in college, but one day they will be in college. And God forbid this happen to them or. Our sons get get caught up in something like that, you know. We, you know, that right there would make you want to kill somebody. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So it's not yeah. we're not even violent type people, but it's just it, this is sad. It's sad and it's sickening, you know. But it's it's something that needs to be talked about, needs to be brought to the forefront. It's it, it's not something that can be washed over because there has to be some level of accountability. And until you start having accountability. Uh, then you'll start seeing heads roll. And I think when we get to that point, we're coming closer to that point where, you know, some some people are going to have to answer some tough questions. I mean, they, they've already said in the state of Michigan, they're getting the attorney general involved. I mean, like, so it's, it's far reaching. And I think people, the people who are involved, they had better start talking, you know, because somebody, well, I don't want to say somebody, a lot of folks are going down and rightfully so because, this didn't. This should not have happened. 
not at not at this rate, not at it, it shouldn't have happened. Period. But it, it's it's bad. It's really and you know what what's what's really strange, Manny, is that I think this outside the lines piece is just scratching the surface. I oh, I completely agree. Yeah. Ab- yep. Absolutely. There's more to it than that, but uh, it, it, it's crazy, man. You said it's sickening and it's sad and and you, and you want to know how and why did this happen? I think we know. I think we know, and 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 it's upsetting to me because and I've ranted about this. I ranted over the summer when the whole Louisville scandal broke. This is the problem with collegiate sports, with athleticism, right? With college sports, with college athleticism, whatever you want to call it. They they mask greed and power with amateurism. The problem is that these programs, they don't care about student athletes. They don't care about amateurism. They, you know, they love throwing out that word, you know, this is for student athletes and for amateurism and the, and the <laughs> sanctity of sports. You know, they don't care about that. That, that. This has nothing to do. They want to make as much money as they can and they want to win. That's, that's, that is the two priorities. And yeah, somewhere down the line, you know, you know, nurture and and tutor and create young outstanding people. Yeah, I'm sure that's like eighth on the list. But the top two things are to win and make a lot of money. And those are two symbiotic things. Winning leads to money. Money allows you to win and win at a high level. And that's all they care about. And these coaches and I'm a Duke fan. I'm a hardcore Duke fan. And I like, and I'm not saying that every single coach and every single program, football, college, whatever, the college bowling up on that, whatever. I'm not saying that all these coaches are crooked and bad and dirty. I'm not saying, cause I'm sure there's a lot of good coaches out there. I like to believe that Coach K, my, my school, my coach, does it the right way. But if you told me right now that there was a scandal at Duke and the guys were getting paid under the table or doing this or doing that or blah, 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 would I be surprised? No. Because we've seen this pattern of behavior for years. This isn't this is the first time. This isn't the first time. This has been an ongoing thing for, since since the beginning of college sports in a lot of ways. These coaches want to win. That's all they care about. And I said it over the summer when I ranted about Luke, uh, Rick Pitino. You think Rick Pitino cares about student athletes and 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 being this holier than thou figure? You know they'll they'll say that in public because they know this sounds good and it's a good and it's a good quote. And then wow, everybody gets all you know gets their rocks all hard on Rick Pitino and oh, his leadership books and this that, and the other. He could care less about that. He wants to win as many. He doesn't care about that. And he's in a lot of ways. In, in some ways, I don't blame them because I think with all the power these coaches have in college, they're almost asked to do too much in a lot of ways. They're almost asked to be these larger than life figures. But I guess it's, it's inherent when you get paid the amount of money that some of these big time coaches and these big time programs get. But, but all Rick Patino, and I'm using Rick Patino just as an example, but all Rick Patino cares about is winning. He wants to win. He doesn't care how he gets his players, where they come from, how they get there. They, he just wants to win. That's it. That's it. That's it. And then, and, and if you look at Michigan State, that's the same thing from Mark D'Antonio to Tom Izzo on down. They want to win. That's it. At, a, it, at, at, at any cost. cost. At any cost. And that's all it is. And, and what makes me upset and, and and I'm sorry if I'm ranting right now, but what makes me upset is that 
they try to mask all of this with amateurism and holier than thou and this, that, and the other. And it's like, dog, we know it's bullshit. We know it's bullshit. If you're a, if you're a, co- a smart fan, like, like I think we are and most fans, we know that it's all bullshit. We know that it's all a facade. You know, come out and say it. Come out and treat it like it's a professional league. Come out and treat it like it's like it's like it's no different than the NBA or no different than the NFL or no different than 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 any professional league. But see, they want to make the money, but they they don't want to pay the athletes. They don't want to pay them. And I, I'm not trying to get into a separate argument because yeah, 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 we we exactly. And that's and I know that's a whole sec, separate discussion and argument and we can we can do our own podcast episode just on that but but it goes hand in hand with what i'm talking about that they want to win at all cost and they want to do you think tom is okay i I like to think that tom is a good guy but even good guys make mistakes and get caught up in power and and success we've seen it many a times we've seen good people get caught up in in the pursuit of money and power and success we've seen it i think tom Izzo deep down is a good guy but Tom Izzo wants to win just like anybody else. Tom Izzo wants to make money just like anybody else. Mark D'Antonio, I'm sure Mark D'Antonio is a good guy deep down inside. But what happens? He wants to win just like anybody else. And that's what it is. That's what it is. And 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 and, and talk about sickening. Mark D'Antonio's press conference that night. I mean, it, it, it was so laughable because, you know, you know, Mark D'Antonio likes to consider himself, you know, the, in that Belichick class, you know, the straight, serious, no nonsense. Dude, wake the hell up. Wake up. This isn't, this isn't some Saturday, you know, this isn't some Thursday afternoon media, uh, uh, media presser with 10 reporters from the local gazette, you know, asking you about what are your thoughts on, um, you know, central Michigan state. This isn't that. This isn't that. This is real life. This is a crime that has been reported that you covered up, that you knew. Like, this is real. This is real. There ain't no fake in this. This isn't a game. This isn't a, you know, this is real life. And and his press conference was just like, oh, I'm sure we did everything. And, you know, kind of really defiant. And I know for a fact we did. Well, then what's the report about then? It's It's just a lie. It's a lie. So it's a lie. Outside the line spent two years doing this and it's a lie. It's a lie, right? Come on, man. Come on. And I, and like I tell anybody who, you know, whoever likes to dog the media when they, when they uncover these big breaking stories, if it's a lie, sue them. Sue them. It's amazing. It's, it's amazing how those losses never come, right? You know, when, 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 when the Mitchell report came out, oh, I vehemently deny all this stuff of guys doing steroids. Okay, well, sue him. Sue George Mitchell. Sue George Mitchell. Sue Major League Baseball. Sue him. Take him to court. Ah, oh, we can't do that, right? Why? Because it's the truth. It's the truth. You can't run from the truth. And, 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 and it's just so upsetting. It's disgusting. But it's not surprising. I guess that's my theme. No, no, it's not surprising. No, it's not surprising. And it's and you know what? It's sadder that it's not surprising. As as sad as the actions and the deeds of these people and the inaction of these people, it's sadder that we as a we as a, a country, as a fan base, as as whatever people, we're not surprised by it. We're not surprised by it. And do you think Michigan State's the only one? No. I'm sure this, I mean, obviously Baylor just went down recently. I mean, we, I'm sure this goes on a, a myriad of college campuses across the country. Who's next is the next question. Who's next? 
Yeah, that, and that's a very good question because someone someone will be next. It, it, it's crazy. Um, I think this is worse than Penn State. I, I really do. I think this, as bad as Penn State was, I always felt like Penn State was a group, a, a small group of people. Obviously, Sandusky was the main villain. Um, I wasn't as hard on Paterno, but I, I could, like, I, like my point in that time was that I understand I wasn't as hard on Paterno. Paterno did, if you want to look at it from the legal standpoint, he did what legally was in his right, but he should have done more. And I can understand Paterno losing his job. I didn't, under, I didn't, I didn't like taking the wins away because I, I felt that that was stupid. Like, Nobody 50 years from now is going to be, well, oh, Joe Paterno only won 300 games instead of 400 or however many. Like, that that, that was dumb. I, I hate that. Especially when they take national titles away and all that. that. That's stupid. But but this is worse than Penn State. This is – Penn State – I mean, this makes Penn State seem like a like a little like a little schoolyard game, I mean, compared to this. I mean, this is criminal – I mean, I'm not saying Penn State wasn't a criminal activity. Obviously, you had a, a sexual deviant – in a in a similar way in, in Sandusky and and that was a cover up in its own uh, notion. But I mean, this is I mean, you have two two sports. I mean, this is two, and this is this is this encapsulates school presidents, ads, coaches, assistant coaches. I mean, across two programs, and this is not even counting Larry Nasser and whatever involved me. He may or may have that even in that. So it, it it's just. It's amazing. And it's and it's really it begs the question, who's next? Who's next? Yep, that's true, because somebody's gonna be next. So where do you see this going? I mean, where do you see where do you see the fallout of all this going? I mean, I'm sure, like you said, there's more to come on this story. I mean, we haven't even we haven't even reached you know the the peak of this yet. I mean, it, it's this is only the beginning. So where do you see this? Where do you see this all going? I think they're gonna dig a little deeper. And I think they're ultimately that they're going to Izzo and D'Antonio are going to get fired. I think I, I I don't at this point I don't see how they survive this. Um, I remember you mentioned Patino. I remember a couple of years ago when they had the the scandal with the prostitutes. Yeah. And you know paying the players and and you know you know players getting sex or whatever like that. Um, I didn't think Patino would survive that, but he did. And I was like, and I remember we talked about it on Dead End Sports, and I said, well, you know, Rick Pitino is untouchable, if you will. I was like, but he can't have another scandal like that or even close. He'll be done. And then lo and behold, yeah. you know, the, the, the paying the player stuff that came out, oh, yeah, he was out of there, you know, because you, you're just too hot. And I think right now, you know, the, the kitchen is so hot for D'Antonio and, and Izzo, um, you know, it's not – and that type of story – it doesn't go anywhere. All it does is grows legs. Yeah, that's it. Absolutely. So, you know, especially in, in this, in the culture that we're in right now, with so many stories coming out. You know, about I mean, every other, every other day, there's a story about some star who, you know, somebody in Hollywood who you know had sexual assault or harassed someone or raped somebody. You know, stuff is coming out each day. So, no, nah, man, it, it, it's. The fallout from it, we I, we haven't seen it yet, but I think ultimately, I would be shocked if both of them were, you know, coaching again this time next year for Michigan State. Oh, I completely agree with you. I think they're both done. Oh, it's it's, and I think they know. I think deep down inside they know. Uh, mm-hmm. There's no coming back from this. I mean, how do you how do you come back from this? 
Like, there's no way. And I know Tom tried to, you know, you know, we're going to heal and we're going to focus on the victims. And I, I, that's all great to say. You, you can't, you can't bring those guys back. You just can't. You just, you, there's no justifying bringing them back. Like, even if they, even if by some slimmer of, of hope as a Michigan State fan, if you may be that, that you hope that Tom Izzo didn't know. Well, he should have known. He should have known. Right. And some of these football coaches. That's the thing that kills me, though, is that these coaches will say, well, we didn't know. That's that's BS because, trust me, coaches on that level know everything that's going on in their program. They know about the top recruit all the way down to how many pencils the secretary has in her drawer. They know everything. And and, and particularly with basketball, you have less players to, to manage and take care of. And, you know, a guy like Patino, I'll use Patino again, but, you know, he's too much of a control freak not to know. A lot of these coaches are. A lot of these coaches are. Yeah. Izzo, these these cases were reported to the Title IX uh, person on campus, campus police, what have you. There's no way that this stuff didn't get back to Tom Izzo and Mark D'Antonio. There's no way. No way. I, I so agree. They know. So the question is, how much did they know and when did they know? And, here, and what did they do with the information that they knew about? And this is the crazy part. I was reading somewhere where even the NCAA president, Emory, who I think is a phony, there was some talks that he knew that he was made aware of these of these actions. So even the governing body that is supposed to be responsible for punishing, you know, issuing out the punishment, they're complicit in this in this situation. It, it's crazy. It's crazy to me, but I mean, I agree with you. D'Antoni and Izzo, they're done. They're gone. I, I, I hate hearing the excuse, well, we didn't know. I'm sorry. When you make $5 million a year, you're supposed to know what's going on in your program. I, I'm sorry. When you make $5 million a year, I want to hear that you don't, you, you know, you're not some small school coach, you know, making nickels and dimes. No, you make $5 million a year. And a lot of, and a lot of programs, the, 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 the football coach or the basketball coach is the biggest person in the state. Like Nick Saban is the most powerful person in the state of Alabama. Sorry, Roy Moore. Sorry, uh, Doug Jones. <laughs> like he is the most powerful person in the state. And, and people, they admit it in Penn State. Joe Paterno at one point or another is bigger than the governor in Penn State, in Pennsylvania. So you mean to tell me that you can have those that level of power and then you can say, well, I don't know. Oh, gosh, I didn't know. I didn't know guys were getting, you know, guys were raping people or guys were doing this or guys. I'm sorry. I'm not going to buy it. I'm not buying it. So, yeah, they, they definitely got to go. They definitely got to go. And I said this on the podcast and I've already gotten uh, on the podcast yesterday on Dead End Sports and and I've already gotten on some debates today on Twitter. I. I I know people like to throw out the death penalty out there for a lot of issue for a lot of, you know, small by comparison, small infractions that school makes from, you know, North Carolina and the phony classes and, you know, you know, schools playing paying guys and all that. But can anybody realistically tell me that in this situation the death penalty isn't warranted? If they can if they can really, really prove all of this stuff. Uh, and really, they don't even have to go as far as improving it, but the, just based on the stuff that we know and what's going to, you know, fall out from what we already know, yeah, you you can make a case for the death penalty, and and you get no argument from me. None. I, I, and and there's people that oh no, it's too excessive. The NCAA will never do that. I mean, you think about it. SMU did far less by comparison. It's, SMU did nothing by comparison. 
and they lost their football program for a year. How do you? How like do you, you said with with Penn? Even if you look at Penn State and what the the penalties that were levied against them, you know, you could make a case that what happened at Penn State was known and perpetrated by a select few. That doesn't make it right, right? But it's only a select few. But this seems to be more widespread. And Absolutely, seems to be even more. You know, to be cast even further out. So. Yeah, it's more people involved. Absolutely. I, I could definitely see the death penalty being a viable option. I don't think it'll happen, obviously, but I, you know why I'm so I'm so stringent on that death penalty right now? Because this needs to stop. There needs to be an example made. There needs to be an example made of, of a program, and in this case, it happens to be Michigan State, that this won't be tolerated anymore. This bullshit, this behavior, this win at all cause, you know, nothing can touch us, you know, we're going to win, goddammit, in spite of everything, it has to stop. At all levels, obviously in all levels of entertainment, of workplace, whatever, but it specifically in what we're talking about in college sports, it has to stop. And the only way it'll stop, if you if you... If you give a death penalty to a major college program like Michigan State, how that's going to give everybody pause. That's going to give everybody like, yo, if they did that to Michigan State, what the hell are they going to do to us? Right. So how how do you justify against it? Like how do you say, oh, I can't have the penalty death penalty? And again, I'm saying I'm just this is what I wish would happen, and I don't think it'll happen. I don't think I think most people are right. I don't think you'll ever see the death because it's too much money to lose to see the death penalty again, especially in a major institution. You know, they'll, yeah, they'll, 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 power five yeah, they'll they'll give you know South Carolina State a death penalty because they 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 mean nothing to the bottom line. You know, but they're not going to give Michigan State that, or, or Alabama, or you know, name a name a big time school. They're not going to do that. So, but I, I would love to see it. I would love to see it because it has to be an example made. This can't be tolerated. This can't be accepted. We can't keep going with oh, that's just college sports. No, no, absolutely not. Man, I'm just mad just thinking about it, man. <laughs> It's like it, it angers me just thinking about it, man. And you know they're gonna they're gonna be people defending it on both sides. Like, oh well, you know, it's just like there's no defending it. There's no defending it. Ah, it's 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 sickening, man. Let's let's switch gears, man, because it's, it's it's upsetting just to think about. It really is. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, we had a big trade that happened uh, yesterday. Really, I, actually, when we first started our program, you know, the recording yesterday, news broke that Alex Smith was just traded. Um, you know, the Chiefs trade Alex Smith to the Redskins, and then the Redskins go ahead and basically give him a, a $94 million contract, $71 million guaranteed, I believe. And I guess they have their quarterback now for, you know, the next couple years anyway. So what are your – I know we kind of dabbled in it a little bit yesterday on the show, but, you know, we can kind of go into it a little bit more in depth here. But, um, you know, what are your thoughts on that trade? I mean, it's a, it's a, one of the first – It's I guess it's the fir- the opening shots of the NFL offseason. Um, you know, what, what's your thoughts on that trade? I think, uh, I, I'm, <laughs> I, I was surprised because, you know, there was a lot of speculation, uh, particularly as the you know season was coming to a close. And I think I want to say the last game of the season, Alex Smith, because I think the chiefs had already wrapped up their spot in the playoffs. Alex Smith didn't play. The rookie Patrick Mahomes played, and he played pretty well or whatever like that. And people 
you know, you kept hearing people, even throughout the season, people saying, well, you know, is Alex Smith playing for his job? Is he playing for his job? Yeah, 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 yeah. Was, you know, so um, I did not see this one coming. I figured that, you know, if, if they did not bring him back, you know, he may, you know, go someplace else. But, you know, to be traded again, which Andy Reid is, you know, has been notorious for trading for, you know, trading quarterbacks or what have you. Because um, I think he traded McNabb, he traded Kevin Cobb, and somebody, one of his other quarterbacks as well. Um, but uh, but yeah, man, surprised. Uh, I think I think this is an upgrade because I think Alex Smith is really better. Really, than Kirk Cousins. Um, oh, I, we're I gonna have our we're gonna have our first disagreement on this show, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think Alex Smith, man. He, if you go back and look at the numbers, and you go back and look at you know how he played, particularly earlier in the season, man. He was he was garnering some you know MVP talk, um, and I think you know maybe it was the system, maybe it was some of the things that. But he he looked to be a little bit more comfortable in Kansas City this year, um, and I don't know if it's because maybe he was playing, <laughs> maybe because he was playing for his job, I guess. But um, but yeah, man, I, I'm I'm one of the few people that actually can appreciate what Alex Smith can do. Um, I, I don't think he's a bum. I don't think he's washed. But I think he's an average quarterback. And I think, you know, if if you have the pieces around him, I think Alex Smith can get it done. If Alex Smith were playing this weekend instead of Nick Foles, you know, I I would like Philly's chances a lot better. Absolutely. That's just me. Yeah. But, you know, I would like it. And I, th- I think, you know, he's a decent quarterback. And I think, um, you know, I, Washington still doesn't have the weapons that they need around him. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do in free agency. Um, interesting to see what they do with the draft. Personally, I'm not sold on Jay Gruden. I haven't been. So I think that may be his biggest hang-up. People are really, really high on Jay Gruden. I'm not. I never have been. Well, the Gruden last name. Come on now. You know the Gruden last name. I mean, his bro- his older brother got $100 million. I don't understand that. How, how, what the hell is – what? What the hell are the Raiders thinking? I'm sorry. I, hey, yeah, that's, that's, that's the Raiders, man. <laughs> that's the Raiders. <laughs> but um, as for the trade, man, I think um, you know, I think Washington, you know, they got what they needed as far as a quarterback, and they, you know, they're not looking at the the prospect of paying Kirk Cousins like thirty. I think it was, if they had franchise, he was going to make like thirty five, thirty six million dollars. Um, so they have to look at the prospect of that, and then you know, the Chiefs get. You know, they got their guy as far as Mahomes, but then they, they get some value in pieces for him. So uh, I think it's a win-win. I think football trades, unlike basketball trades, take a little bit longer to figure out, you know, if there's a winner or a loser or what have you. But, um, you know, ultimately, I think, you know, it, I think it worked out for the best. I, I'm surprised um, that it happened so quickly. I thought, yeah. you know, if anything was going to happen, it's probably going to be, you know, a little bit further along in the offseason. But, you know, it's the NFL, man. They, they, they make it happen whenever they need to make it happen. So um, I'm interested to see how he looks in, in, in D.C. Hmm. Um, I, I don't disagree with you. In well, for I'll I'll say this: I, I am an Alex Smith fan. I, I think he. I have a list of overhated athletes or athletes that I feel like get too much hate <laughs> because I I don't understand. Like I feel like he's one of them. Like, look, is Alex Smith Tom Brady? No, it, obviously nobody's nobody in their right mind is ever going to compare those two. Is Alex Smith Aaron Rodgers his draft classmate? No, we all know this. But Aaron, but 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 Alex Smith is a damn good quarterback. You know, it, it, he's a pretty good quarterback, and he's a guy that has had some, a level of success 
now for a good period of time now, going back to, you know, you could make the case when Harbaugh got to San Francisco, but, you know, he's had, you know, six or seven really good years in his career and he's, and he's proven that he's a guy that in the right situation with right, with the right players around him, he can, he can do work. He can be a solid to a very good quarterback. Is he a guy that can win you the Super Bowl? Who knows? We've never seen him in that situation. So it's hard to say, eh, he can't win you a Super Bowl. Obviously, if Nick Foles was able to get the Eagles to the Super Bowl, maybe Alex Smith could do the same. Who knows? We don't know that. So it's not me ripping Alex Smith. But remember how we talked about yesterday when we were talking to BZ about the Blake Griffin trade and he's a Pistons fan and he felt like it was a lateral move. And I think me and you kind of disagree with him on that, that it was a lateral move. I I have that feeling about this trade, that this was a lateral move, only the the Redskins got the lesser of the lateral move, in my opinion. Like, like here's the, here's the, like here's the thing. Like, we can have a debate about whether we think Alex Smith or Kirk. I, me personally, I think Kirk Cousins is a little bit better. He's a little bit more dynamic. He's a little bit more of what you want in a quarterback from a from a from a passing from a, from the from the things the the sexiness of it. You know, he can throw for a lot of yards. He's got a good arm strength. He he does the things that in a lot of ways Alex Smith does not. And Alex Smith does things and a lot of things that Kirk Cousins does. He's more accurate. He's he's you know. He's more composed in the pocket. You know, he, he makes smarter decisions. So in a lot of ways, they, they kind of are the yin and the yang to each other. It's like they both kind of have the things that the other wishes they had. But I can make the case that Kirk Cousins is still getting better. While Alex Smith, I think we've seen the peak of. So I, so, so this is what I don't understand from, and, and it's funny because my co-host on the show, one of my co-hosts on the show, Luke, he's a huge Redskins fan. I mean, live and die, breathe with the Redskins. So I'm, I'm just dying to get his take. I've actually not even texted him all day today just cause I'm, I'm trying to save this energy for next week, but, um, you know, he's a huge Redskins and he's, and he's kind of up and down on Kirk Cousins. I, I think some weeks he loves Kirk Cousins and in other weeks he's like, whatever, get him out of here. He's a bum. So, uh, here's my thing with Kirk Cousins. I can make the case that he's getting better. And if you didn't want to sign Kirk Cousins, let's just say for whatever, let's just say for argument purposes, Kirk Cousins was going to command a deal six years, a hundred million, you know, whatever, 150 million, whatever. So you didn't want to pay Kirk Cousins, who's four years younger, six years, a hundred million, but you get Alex Smith, who's four years older, and you're going to pay him four years, 94 million. I, I don't, I don't and give him 71 million guaranteed. I'm like, if you're going to do that for Alex Smith, you might as well would have just did that for the guy you already have who's younger, who might, you know, who knows? He he could have peaked, but, you know, smart money is that he's, you know, he's probably got a few more years to peak and get better as opposed to Alex Smith where we kind of know what he is. That's what I don't understand. Like to me, if you're going to, if you're going to say, I have no problem. Well, I do have a problem with the Redskins because I, I I don't think you just give up good quarterbacks. Like I, I don't believe that you just go out there and say, well, he's not Tom Brady, so he's not any good. And I think we live in this culture in football now where if you don't have that superstar quarterback, then you ain't shit basically. Like if you're not Tom Brady, you're not Aaron Rodgers, you're not Drew Brees, you're not Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, we don't need you. You're a terrible quarterback and we're consistently looking for a better option. While he's a pretty good option. Now, again, I know that Ke- that Kirk Cousins has his warts and he has his flaws. I-, I-, I will not debate that with anybody. 
the dude did throw for 4,000. Th- I think he's thrown three straight years of he's thrown for 3,500 yards. I think he threw for 4,000 yards, the, not this past year, but the year before that. I think he came close to it this year. If, if he didn't do it already, I'm not looking at his stats in front of me, but um, the dude is a damn good quarterback. He's got, he's a dude's got talent. He's not a, he's not a shitbag. He's got talent. So this idea that, oh, we're so ready to get rid of Kirk Cousins, I, I just don't understand it. But I can understand it if you're the Redskins. Hey, we're not getting, we're 79 with them. Let's get rid of them and try something else. My thing, if right. you get rid of Kirk Cousins, then blow it up. Say, hey, we're just going to lose. We're going to try to get our next young quarterback in the draft. I would understand that as opposed to basically going out and getting Alex Smith and saying, well, we're going to try to keep going seven and nine or eight and eight. I, I, I don't understand that logic. I feel you. I feel you. I, I, it, it remains to be seen, man. It, this, this is going to be one of those things that you look back on a couple of years from now and figure out, you know, how and why it happened and, and who got the better end of it. But um, yeah, I'm interested to see how it plays out. And, and I'll say, and I'll say for the for the Chiefs because I know we we primarily focused on the Redskins. But I'll say on the Chiefs, I don't think this is such a big move for them either. I'm not a Mahomes guy. I'm not a big twelve. I don't. I'm not a big believer in I Big Twelve. Seen enough of Mahomes to really, you know, go one way or the other. And I know this sounds bad because I know it's lumping every guy into it. But I'm not a big believer in Big Twelve quarterbacks. I think we've seen a large body of work for Big Twelve quarterbacks that don't make it in this league. Recently, RG3, Sam Bradford, Bryce Petty on my football team. These guys, they run that that gimmicky Big 12 spread air raid offenses. I don't think those guys cut it in the league. And I know Mahomes has looked good in preseason. He had that one game at the end of the year. He looked pretty good. I didn't see I, – I saw little snippets and highlights of him, so I didn't – it's unfair to kind of judge him based on that game. And I know that he, he, he fits the bill from the sexiness category that we talk about. But I, I, that to me, that's a dangerous game you're playing. If I'm Kansas City, you're you're entrusting this kid with a team that's ready to win right now. I don't right. know. I don't know. Maybe they see something we don't. Maybe they do. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not an expert. I'm not Andy Reid. Um, I don't lose playoff games consistently, so I'm not Andy Reid. But <laughs> but um, you know, maybe he he knows. He obviously knows more football than I, I I will ever know. So he's seen quarterbacks from you know Montana on. On up, so obviously he likes something about this kid that I I don't see. I'm just I'm not a big believer in Mahomes, and I think if you're 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 hitching your wagon to Mahomes, that's a dangerous game to play. Now I could be wrong, I could be wrong, but we'll see. I, I, so I, it's I, like you're right. I I think it's too soon to say definitively. Oh, the Chiefs won. Oh, the Redskins won. I think you're I think you're gonna have to grade it on. I think it's I, honestly I think it's predicated on if Mahomes is the guy or not. Really? I think everybody, I think naturally everybody wants to make this trade about Kirk Cousins versus Alex Smith when it's really Alex Smith versus Mahomes. Are the Chiefs wrong for giving up on Alex Smith? Or are they just geniuses for just drafting, trading up and drafting this, this, you know, this next Hall of Fame quarterback, uh, in Patrick Mahomes? That's the real question. Yeah, we will see. We shall, yeah, we definitely will see. Uh, before we go, man, I wanted to get your, uh, you are a, uh, I, I like to call a hip hop aficionado and an expert, especially on classic hip hop. <laughs> so I kind of just, you know, I, I wanted to have you on the show specifically because your, 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 your expertise in hip hop and this is a sports show. Yes. And if you don't like us talking about hip hop, tough, although most of y'all like hip hop, so whatever. But, uh, um, 
just a general question, I guess, or a broad question, okay. depending on your answer. But uh, what's the state of hip hop right now? Um, I think that this is a question that can go in and with an answer that can go in many ways. But in your idea, you've got you've been a rap fan, an aficionado. I like to call it a rap nerd for years and years on end. So where do you see the state of hip hop right now? That's a great question. Um, I think, uh, I guess before I answer the question, let me go back and kind of for the people listening to, to give you an idea of like where my roots are. Um, like I started, I'm older than maybe some of the people that you that that, that normally listen to this podcast. Right. I'm 45, so uh, you know you might call me an old school cat, old old head, whatever. You an OG man. School. You an OG. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've, I've actually warmed up to that. A couple of people would call me on Twitter. I was like, okay, OG. I <laughs> um, so I started listening to hip hop um, 1984, right? So I've watched this genre go from, I've literally grown up with it. You know what I'm saying? So when you're, and, and I, I always like to say, like, I'm tenured, if you will, in hip hop. So someone who's tenured in hip hop, you know, our view and our perspective is a little bit different from those who are a little bit younger because maybe they came in in a different era and what they know they like, but they haven't, you know, seen the whole gamut of it. And so sometimes their perspective, especially if they haven't, you know, kind of reached back to look and see how things got to be where they were. You know, you don't necessarily have the same level of appreciation, not necessarily knowledge, but appreciation. And I think that's key. Um, so, yeah. So being tenured in hip hop, like I said, I watched this thing grow from, you know, it was rap and people thought it was going to be a fad and people thought it was going to be like disco. Or it was going to be like breakdance. It was only something going to be around for a summer or two and there was going to be it. Nobody's going to care. Um, so. Seeing that and watching it grow through the golden era of hip hop and, you know, into the 2000s and seeing where it is now. Um, honestly, a few years ago, I was extremely concerned about where hip hop was um, because I felt like, you mm. know, when I came up, one of the things that always has been impressed upon me and it still is to this day is lyricism, mm. you know. Can you be lyrical? Can you say something to make me want to press rewind? Can you, you know, back in the day, back in the day, we had tapes. Can you say something to make me rewind the tape? You know, we don't have tapes anymore, but, you know, if I can you say something to make me go, damn, what, what did he just say? What she just say? Oh, I like that. I, I need to re I need to remember that. That type of thing. I think every in, in, in every MC signature or rapper's signature song, whatever that signature song is on their album or mixtape or whatever, there has to be at least a bar, four bars that hook you. So I think we went through a stage here in hip hop where, you know, it wasn't about, I don't know what the hell it was about. It was about the beat. It was about making a catchy beat with a catchy hook and yeah. and just hoping to sell a lot. I mean, it, it even it even got to the point where it wasn't even about albums anymore. It was about singles. Yeah. Yeah, it was about singles. And, you know, and unfortunately, a, a lot of, I don't say a lot, some of it came from the city in which I live, which is Atlanta. Um, so, you know, there was a shift. The, 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 the paradigm shifted, if you will. Um, fast forward to, to, to 2018 at the time of this recording. 
Um, so yeah, a few years ago, I'm gonna be honest, I was really concerned. I thought, you know, there was the old saying hip hop is dead. I didn't think it was dead, but I thought it was on life support. Um, right now, based on what I've heard, particularly, and, and I, I really don't listen to a lot of current music, but the, you know, compared to everybody else, if you will, mm-hmm. but the music that I listened to in 2017, I am extremely encouraged by what I've heard. Because I thought I heard some of the best music, current music that I've heard in a long time. Um, And, you know, I'm talking about just lyricism, just the energy that people bring in their shows, people having a love for the game, if you will. And not just, you know, rapping just to be rapping on the rapidly rap shit, you know what I'm saying? Or just trying to get a hit single or what have you like that. So. Where it is right now, I think it's in a good place, man. It's it's not it's not where it was. I think it's moved forward from where it was, and I think you know it's up to the generation that is you know moving the culture forward now to not only you know have an idea of where you want to go and not be afraid to 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 be different, but you know make make choices, make changes. Uh, be different, but also strive to, to, to move the culture forward. You know, don't try to sound like somebody else. Right. Don't bite anybody else. Stop. Be you. Be you. Be original. And um, but I, I like where it is, man. I like where I'm very encouraged when I hear, you know, Kendrick Lamar or Rhapsody or Big Crit, you know, or, or people who are just really. And I'll be honest. I'm, I'm not going to sit and listen to the Migos. I understand why Migos are. Popular, right? You know, I have kids. I have a, you know, I have two teenage sons. They might listen to them, you know. And and to be honest, Migos is for them. They ain't for me, and it's no knock on them. I could see those dudes walking down the street in Atlanta tomorrow, and I wouldn't even speak to them because they're, they're not, you know. It's, it's and it's no knock on them. They have their lane. You don't have that emotional connection to them. Yeah, you don't have that emotional connection to them. Yeah, no, no, yeah, I'm not connected to. I, I've heard one Migos song. And I thought it was pretty decent, but, you know, uh, the Bad and Bougie song. That was it. Right, right. And trust me, I know who they are. I've heard the titles of their songs and stuff, but I, I'm not listening to that music. It's just, it ain't for me, you know. But, you know, I don't knock their hustle. I understand what it is that they're doing. But if you take a group like that who is arguably the hottest group in hip-hop, they have to have also have an idea and an identity as to how they want to move it forward. Because what happens is music goes in cycles and the kids and the people that are listening to your music now, if you don't evolve artistically three, four years from now, they're not going to want to hear the same shit. You know what I'm saying? So Absolutely. you yeah. have to get better at your craft. You can't keep putting the same music out and thinking people are still going to rock with it. Because after a while, you get tired of it. You're like, all right, I'm good. You know, and I'll use a perfect example. Like, I'm a huge Public Enemy fan. Huge but Public mm-hmm. Enemy dominated, you know, uh, Public Enemy released one of the greatest hip-hop albums of all time in 1988, which arguably, which one, actually not arguably, 1988 for, hip, for you hip-hop fans is the definitive greatest year in hip-hop. We can argue about it on Twitter. Really? On Twitter at 12 Kyle, the number one, two. We we definitely going to argue about that one, but okay. (laughs) That being said, um, so yeah, Public Enemy, I think had a great run, 
But after a while, man, Public Enemy, at least to me, as a fan, came off as just being real preachy. You know, and yeah. it just didn't have the same pizzazz that it used to have. And so after, you know, like, like 93, 94, I was like, it was like, oh, P.E. coming out with a new album. I'm like, oh, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> and I love them. You know what I'm saying? But if, and if they were, you know, in a show or something, I'd go see them. But I'm not going to go buy an album. You know, so and, and that's that's just me as a fan. And I think you you have to guard against that. But go back to your question. Um, I think it's in a great place now. I, I was very encouraged by some of the music that I heard last year. I'm I like the fact that I was actually interested in a lot of music that came out last year. Um, you know, when you look at cats like Vince Staples. Yeah. Uh, when you look at when you look at um, who else was I rocking to last year? Like I said, Crit. Um, I really enjoyed Rick. And I'm, I'm not even like a big Rick Ross fan, but I love that album. I thought Meek mm, Mill had a Ross, album okay. as well. Um, you know, it, it was it was some people that put out some really, really good albums. And I think really, you know, it's, it's about building from that. Um, you know, and, and, and giving, giving all you all to the culture and, and really just, you know, putting out, I, I love what TDE is doing. Um, you know, and then, you know, some of the old, older, I almost say older cats, but even, <laughs> I mean, like the Jay-Z's, the Nas's of the world, you know, uh, still, still doing it, you know, so I think that's a good mix. Um, but I like, I like where it is, man. I think it's, I think, I think it's in a good space. I think it's, it's moving in the right direction. I think, you know, as always, you have to be aware and, and, and make sure that you're pushing it forward. And not going backwards and, and pushing each other. That's what I like. I want to see competition. I want to see, you know, and it's not necessarily about record sales or anything like that, but I'd like to see these artists really push each other, get on and collab with each other. And then, you know, if if Kanye comes out with a dope album, then make, you know, then hopefully that motivates Drake to go in and make an even better album. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of Drake, but I understand right. that Brett respect is hustle. You know, so that type of thing, which, you know, the level of competition, that's what I think. Now, that's what I think is missing in hip hop. I don't think we have the competition that we had, you know, once before in, in the uh, in the 80s and 90s and then probably around the early 2000s. But um, anyway, man, long story short, to answer your question, I think. Oh, uh, no, nah, man, you're dropping knowledge, bro. You're dropping knowledge. I mean, we got we got hip hop fans that listen to the show is the show is, okay. is fused okay. in hip hop. No, so I, mean, I, I can I can go on about hip hop forever, but. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's I think it's in a good place, man. I, and honestly, when you if you talk to my peers, uh, you'll have some that you know won't say what I'm saying, um, and then you'll have some that will say like, "Yo, it's it's still dope, it's still dope." But I mean, ultimately, man, hip hop is a, it's, it's really about how you feel and about how you feel about the music, and you know, again, recognizing that you know some things just aren't for you, and that's cool. You know, I. I don't, you're younger than me. Like, if I said, yo, go listen to, um, you know, <laughs> if I said, go go listen to Biz Marquee tomorrow, you know, you might listen to Biz, you might not get anything out of it, you know, oh. and, and I, I can respect that. And I think one thing that I would like to, you know, and I always tell this to, to younger cats, um, stop calling stuff classics. <laughs> I, did a, I did a podcast on what makes a classic hip hop album. Um, it actually takes a lot to make a classic hip hop album. I mean, there's only a, and you have to distinguish between a, 
all-time classic and a modern-day classic. What I mean by that is, I'll give you an example. Let's say Paid in Full, Eric B. Rockham. Okay. All-time classic. Right. I mean, that's that's really ain't enough for debate. Um, but then you could take an album like Good Kid, Mad City from Kendrick Lamar. Modern-day classic. I think that album was a that that album changed the game for a lot of people. Um, now, whether or not you like Kendrick Lamar or not, that's you know that's up for debate. But I think that's still a dope ass album. So that's more of a modern day classic. It's not something that you you can't hold it to the same standard and everything else that that went along with um, Paid in Full or Straight Outta Compton or mm-hmm. The Great Adventures of Slick Rick or something like that. But it's still great within its own right. Um, and it's too early. Know. And it's too early. You know what I'm saying? It's hard to, it's, it's hard it's, it's, to, you know, yeah, I see what you're saying. Man, Definitely. It's, it's, and, and I just, you know, we, I, I got this from, you know, talking to the fellas from Dead End Hip Hop. Man, albums will be out for like two hours and you'll have people call it a classic. Yeah, but that's just that's just the social media era, man. That's just that's it just the, and and, and, and I, the way you feel about that is the way I feel about in sports where we you know we want to praise every young athlete. You know, LeBron is the greatest thing ever to ever walk on a basketball court. Instead of putting some context behind it, having some years like I don't think you can really evaluate and I'm, I'm gonna use the player the you know, sports analogy. I don't think you could really evaluate like an all time standing of a guy until he's retired, until he's not playing yeah. anymore, where you can kind of sit back and evaluate. Now, obviously, some cases are different. Tom Brady, I mean, it's hard to argue with the numbers and the records and the wins. So you, if somebody calls Tom Brady the GOAT, I mean, it's hard to argue that, obviously. But, I mean, you but, know, but, but you know what? There, there are people who saw Joe Montana yeah absolutely 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 and it's a subjective argument and it's and it's really and at the end of the day it's a subjective argument yeah well Montana played with Rice Brady had these no-name receivers other than you know the year that he had Moss and and so forth and so on but no I I get it and I think one thing that you know we as hip-hop fans and hip-hoppers do you know a lot of times we tend to think because we like somebody that makes it the greatest makes them the greatest of all time or the or, the, or, or a classic album nah man just because you like kendrick that doesn't mean that everything that he puts out is the greatest thing since life's bread he he can put out duds too you know <laughs> the greatest the, the whoever you deem the greatest rapper or rappers or rap groups they've got duds on their resume trust me so absolutely nobody's gonna bat a thousand kids. absolutely yeah <laughs> So as great as I think Jay Z is, you know, he's got a couple. He's got some joints that he, are trash. He's got a kingdom come. Like I will. Oh, well, you know what? King, kingdom come was bad, <laughs> but now personally, Magna Carta, Holy Grail, awful. I'll never listen to that. Really? I, I can find two or three tracks worth listening to on Kingdom Come, um, but Magna Carta, no. Nah, really? Oh man! Played that in my house. I throw you and that CD. See, I I like see me. I prefer Magna Carta over uh, Kingdom Come, just because I thought you know I I respect I respect, and and, you know again everybody doesn't feel the same you know about the but I think sometimes we as hip hoppers we get so caught up in us liking the guy or the girl and we just think that they're the greatest in sliced bread and you got to understand it's it's not that simple and so um but yeah man I, I think. You know, as, as hip-hop fans, you know, appreciate the culture, appreciate, you know, these are people who are trying to make a living and, you know, but also hold them to a standard, hold them to, you know, nah, I'm not 
buying this bullshit if you if you just putting out bullshit, you know, and call them out. And that's what upsets me. And and that's what upsets me. I mean to cut cut you off. I, I think that's what that's what, what upsets me is. And and I like to consider myself a student, a rap nerd. Like that's what I call myself. I've hashtag rap nerd. Like I'm a student of the game. Like I, I'm a I'm younger than you, obviously, but I have an older brother who's you know close to forty. He's gonna be mad at me for revealing his age. <laughs> but uh, my 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 brother's you know close to forty. So he's not that much younger than you are. So it, our age ranges are kind of in the similar area, but. You know, I'm 31. So I grew up, I first became in love with hip hop, you know, mid to late 1990s, you know, so that was my time to the 2000s, you know what I'm saying? So, but I always, I'm a, I'm a history buff and I like to go back in history. So I like to research what has been hot, what has been great, what has been deemed great through the time, you know, so a lot of my friends, they, they, they think I'm old because I go back and I, I scope out old albums. So when you told me, when, so when you asked me, I've listened to Biz. I've got Biz on my, on my, on my Apple Music entitled. Like I, I, I rock old shit because I appreciate the quality of the music. I, I don't think you can appreciate the, the level of music now until you understand where it's coming from, the progress. It's like you, exactly. you can't, and, and you, you can't love movies of now if you don't go back and I, listen. I think- Exactly. And I think like a couple of years ago, I was at a point where I was just kind of shitting on all the new stuff. And I was like, you know what, man, let me, let me, let me, and I, again, from talking to, you know, Cash from Dead and Hip Hop, and I commend them because most of the stuff that they review and listen to, I couldn't sit through that stuff. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) I just, my, my ears would bleed. And I mean, like, I remember at one point, just for, just for shits and giggles, man, I, I, Turn the radio on. This is like last summer in Atlanta, and then I never try. Like I listen, I don't listen to. I listen to satellite radio, so I don't listen to. Yeah. Um, I listen to classic hip hop, so I don't listen to you know what's on terrestrial radio. But I turn the radio on to the local hip hop station, and I'm just, bro. I I, said, I can't I said, do I'm it. I'm gonna try this for an hour. Yeah. I said, I'm gonna try it for an hour, and I don't know what the hell it was saying. And you know me, I'm again, I'm about lyrics, so I. I'm thinking, okay, well, I can find something in every song. I could. There were songs, bro. I mean, I'm talking about little scrappy B sides. Like, I don't know. I don't know who the hell they were playing. Yeah. And so, um, but uh, you know, I got to a point in hip hop where I was like, okay, let me step back a little bit. Let me step back, take a look, and see because all of, I can't deem all of this trash because there's got to be some good music out here and. You know, honestly, what is presented to most hip hop fans via, you know, social media, via the internet, via radio stations and what have you isn't, you know, no, you, you're not going to turn on your local radio station and hit Rhapsody. You're just not. And she's dope as hell. Yeah. You know, you're going, you'll probably hit Nikki before you hit Rhapsody. And oh, yeah. wrong with Nikki, you know, if, if you like her. Um, but that being said, I, I got to a point where I was like, okay, I got to check and see. And then once I started listening and I understand where these cats were coming from, it made more sense. And then I, I found, you know, a lot of rappers and a lot of acts that, you know, kind of were flying under the radar. You know, I found, then this was years ago, but like when J. Cole first came out, I didn't yeah. know who the hell J. Cole was. I was like, okay, this dude can spit, you know, and. I remember the first time that I heard Kendrick Lamar. I didn't know who the fuck he was. It was like on a mixtape. Hmm. I was like, "Who is this dude?" And I was like, "Well, he don't. He's from the West. Wait, wait, wait. he's rapping about what? I'm like, <laughs> okay, but he can rhyme, you know." So 
I got beyond some of my other friends who were just shitting on the younger rappers because it's easy, you know, at our yeah, it's easy to just shit on it and be like, oh man, fuck them, fuck them new dudes. Them, you know, they ain't rapping about nothing. Yeah, and honestly, you know, quite a few of them aren't rapping about anything. But there, there, there are some that are killing it right now. And I think you know the difference is you know you kind of got to look for them wherein, and that can be frustrating for us because you know 10, 15, 20 years ago. You didn't have to go look for dope shit. The dope shit was the shit that you saw on TV, the shit that you saw, the shit that you heard on the radio. And, you know, but that's not the rapper's fault. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, but yeah, I, I, I agree with you, man. You, you have appreciation, but what you just said is very key. You took the time to go back, just like I took the time to take a step back and look back and say, you know what? This can't be all bad because I know more, I know good hip hop is out there. And, and something that appeals to me, and I found it, you know. And, and I, yeah. and I, and even now, a lot of time, and there are a lot of younger people, people younger than us, people younger than you, that follow me on Twitter. Yeah. And I remember one time this cat hit me up. This cat's like twenty years old. He was like, "Yo, man, I want you to take a listen to this." And I was like, "All right, well, let me hear what you got." It, it was actually his, his, uh, his mixtape. Okay. And I told him, I said, "Well, look, hey, bro." Because he sent me a DM. So I DM him back. I said, hey, man, I'm going to tell you something straight up. I said, I'm a hip-hop fan. I said, I'm very critical about any music that I listen to. I was like, so this ain't dead in hip-hop. I'm not going to – I'm going to give it to you straight in notation. I was just so if, if it's trash, I'm going to tell you it's trash. I'm not going to hold back. And so he's like, all right, man, you know, I, I want – he wanted, you know, constructive criticism. So I listened to it, and it was actually dope. Hmm. And I was, okay. I was like, yo, okay, okay. And the kids from Canada. Um, and so, you know, and that just showed me like, this is a dude that's hungry. This is a dude who wants to, you know, and he's still rhyming and stuff like that. And, and that's, that, that's refreshing. That's re- And it was refreshing to me because he sought me out because he knew how he wanted to hear the criticism. He didn't, you know, it, it, it could have been easy for him to just put it on Twitter and be like, hey, y'all listen to it. And then when somebody says, well, I don't like track six, you know, oh, y'all some old ass haters. You mm-hmm. know? So, yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I, I, I'm I'm all for it and I'm all for good music. man. I'm all. And it, and again, if anybody asks me to listen to something, I'll listen to it. Even my, my, when my kids bring me stuff, I'll listen <laughs> to it. Like, hey, dad, let's listen, listen to this because we share music. So. You know, I'll listen to it. I might not understand it, (laughs) but I make an attempt to. And I think that's the only thing, you know, that's the best thing you can do. Cool. Definitely. Brothers and sisters! Brothers and sisters! I don't know what this world is coming to! All right. Well, we can have that conversation for seems like forever, man, but we got to get up out of here. Uh, but before we go, we do a segment on the show at the end of every show called Fouls of the Week. It's, uh, we give our technical fouls. It doesn't have to be a sports related topic. I mean, it can be anything. My co-host last week gave Monique a foul for that particular week. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, 12, Kyle, what is your foul for this week? It doesn't have to be sports. It could be pop culture, uh, movies, pol- anything, whatever. Who gets your foul of the week? I know I'm putting you on the spot. Oh, no, no. Come on, man. I, I can do this all day. <laughs> um, <laughs> foul of the week, I, I think I got to go to the Grammys, man. Um, huh, okay. Uh, full, for, full disclosure, I don't watch the Grammys. I don't watch, I don't watch most award shows because I think the awards are, are, you know, I don't like the categories, if you will. I mean, 
So I didn't watch the Grammys. I heard about what happened. I did actually go back and watch Kendrick Lamar's performance, which I thought was dope. Right. Um, but when I saw, I went back and looked at the, I think it was Monday, I went back and looked at the, um, at, you know, the winners or whatever. And I saw that Bruno Mars, you know, you know, won, you know, all these awards or whatever. And I saw that Bruno Mars won for R&B Album of the Year. Come on, son. Really? <laughs> not a, on, you're, not a, you're not a fan of the album or you thought that somebody else should have won? Well, I don't know how he gets nominated for an R&B album. If he gets nominated for an R&B album, then please tell me what the hell is R&B. Because Bruno Mars ain't R&B. Well, he's got some he's got some R&B fusion in there. I mean, he, 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 Bruno I, Mars is performing at halftime at the Super Bowl. He ain't R&B. No, I'm I'm, I'm not I'm not saying he's you know one twelve. I'm not saying that. I'm saying he's got some right. elements of R&B in his music. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah, he's got some. I mean, I could make a case that Michael Jackson had some elements of R&B, but right. Thriller was not an R&B. Right, right, right. No, I get what you're saying. You know what I get what, saying? what you're saying. So, so that's so that's where and there's, and there's no knock on Bruno Mars. It's just the Grammys and these fake ass categories. It's a popularity contest, man. Let's just keep it a buck. It's a popularity contest, and you know they get people to tune in and they want you know ratings and all of that stuff like that. But it's, and they actually it's, got their lowest ratings in I think ten years. So it's crazy when you actually think about it. <laughs> not surprised. I, the only the only. Uh, interest, if you will, that I had was I, I know that Rhapsody was up for two Grammys, and I thought, honestly, I thought Rhapsody had the album of the year. Really? Um, okay. She wasn't she wasn't nominated for that, so and I think the song that was nominated was Sassy, which I, I don't think is her best song in the album. I don't know how they go about, you know... Yeah, the, 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 the Grammys, yeah, it's always it's always iffy how they go about picking yeah, different it's, it's, performances. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, I, I gave the Grammys a shot a couple of years ago, but when Macklemore won and To Pimp a Butterfly <laughs> didn't, I was like, man, fuck yeah, and I don't like, and I don't dislike Macklemore. I get I get a lot of heat from friends of mine who think I'm just going soft because I like Mac. I, I'm not gonna say I like Macklemore. Like I like the kid's first couple efforts. The last one I wasn't really impressed with, but I mean, yeah, To Pimp a Butterfly. I mean, come on, son. Yeah, that, that that just so, that so, that was just blasphemous. So the, the foul of the week goes to the Grammys for a you know for these terrible categories. And again, I didn't see the show. But just looking at the categories, um, you know, I, I when you say they had the lowest rating in ten years, I understand why. Yeah, enough said. Enough said. Uh, my foul of the week is to the Republican Party. Um, come on, guys, really? I, I I didn't watch the State of the Union address last night because I a I was doing the show with you guys, and b I just didn't want to outrage myself. So I I I actually saw good self discipline and 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 not not watched it. So, um, but it just amazes me in this culture of me too of you know empowering women and all this and all that, right? You got a room where half of them are Republicans just standing and applauding a man who has 19 accusations of sexual harassment. It's just, it's just, ama- it, 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 it is amazing to me. It really is amazing to me. I, I, all I could do, you know, and I'm just watching the highlights, you know, like I turn on the news in the morning while I'm getting ready for work or whatever. And I'm just kind of watching the little snippets and little and watching him bullshit and lie, whatever. 
and and just all the claps and Paul Ryan in the background, uh, you, you know, <laughs> you know, wax figure Mike Pence in the background, and and, and just it, it, it's just it's disgusting. It really is disgusting when you think about all the cats that are getting their careers ruined, arguably, rightfully so. And this man continues and is allowed to be president of the United States. It's, 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 so to me, and I don't even blame him because he's conned everybody. He's, he's conned him. He's conned him. Republican party, like there's gotta be more self respect. There's gotta be, you know, we talked about earlier about winning at all costs. There's no organization that wants to win at all costs in the Republican party, in my opinion. Like they have proven it. We don't care who we elect. We don't care. You're a rapist. You're a racist. Whatever. Ah. Hey, if you can get us this bill passed, if you can squash Obamacare, if you can, you know, change the tax codes, it doesn't matter. We are on your side. So the Republican Party gets a foul from me, man. A big, a major foul from me. So it is. There it is, man. Kyle, man, I can't thank you enough for being on the show and and gracing us with your knowledge, your wisdom. Don't be, don't, 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 don't knock anybody calling you an OG, sir. You are an OG in the game. (laughs) Before you go, man, plug your podcast, your social media, everything. Tell everybody that's listening to the podcast where to find 12 Kyle, man. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, If you're on the, you can go to your Twitter machine. Uh, type in 12Kyle, the number 1-2-K-Y-L-E. Um, and and I, when I was talking earlier, I meant to tell you guys, that, yeah, there's a 12 theme going on here. If you haven't figured it out, that's the number I wore in college. So, yeah, that's that's where the number 12 okay. came from. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so 12Kyle on Twitter. Uh, have a Facebook page, facebook.com backslash 12Kyle. Um, let's see. The podcast is on um Everywhere, like I said, it's on SoundCloud, iTunes, everywhere, uh, Stitcher, YouTube, uh, Overcast podcast. So anywhere where you can get podcasts for free, you can find the podcast there. Um, yeah, so hit me up, Instagram, same thing, Twelve Kyle, uh, and uh, yeah, hit me up. You know, I'm always down to talk, chop it up with you. Cool, cool, cool. Kyle, thank you. I, like I said, I can't thank you enough. Thank you for you guys for listening and go. I'm, I'm telling y'all, do yourself a service right now and go listen to this man. This man's podcast is, is, is legit. So go listen to him and go follow, go subscribe, go listen to Dead End Hip Hop, man. If you're a hip hop fan, I'm telling you, you're, 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 that's, they put out good work. So, uh, I just want to thank all the listeners. I, I say this every week. We wouldn't have a show without you guys, man. I appreciate you guys listening and subscribing to the show. You guys know where to subscribe. You guys know where to listen. I don't have to repeat myself. Um, for my co-host, 12 Kyle, I want to say thank you. Good night. And we will catch y'all. Uh, matter of fact, I will say this. Uh, we are doing a Super Bowl post game show. I know we did one last year. We're doing a Super Bowl post-game show. Still debating if we're going to have it on Facebook Live or not. I'm still trying to get some logistics in place with some co-hosts. So I don't want to announce too much right now, but I'm sure at the end of the week I'll have everything lined up. But we definitely are doing a Super Bowl post-game show. So be on the lookout for that on Sunday evening. Um, But uh, like I said, Kyle, thank you for joining us on the podcast, man. Uh, We are out of here. Peace. Everybody enjoy your night, your rest of your week, and enjoy the Super Bowl, man. For real. Have fun be safe don't drink too much don't get too stupid especially if your team wins do not go out there and be outrageous man but uh have fun be safe everybody we'll catch y'all next week and go listen to 12 cow podcast man we are out peace